Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Let's Talk TV Live. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Barbara Barnett. I'm executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine and publisher and editor-in-chief of Let's Talk TV, which is at letstalktv.barbarabarnett.com. So I want to remind you guys, before I bring on our guest, that our show is sponsored in part by Wireless One Marketing. Call Wireless One Marketing Group today at 847-637-2514 for a free demo of their wonderful, very affordable apps. By the way, they created the Let's Talk TV app, which you can download at iTunes or at play.google.com, or you can just scan the QR code on my site, which is at letstalktv.barbarabarnett.com. any business can have its own mobile app for a very affordable cost, and you should do it. It improves sales, service, and customers' overall experience. You can have a shop. You can do whatever. Hey, our heart, I see you in there. <laughs> um, Wireless One is here to help. Call them for Let them build you a beautiful app. It takes no time at all. I was stunned at how little time it took for them to put my app together. Just a few days and a couple of weeks, and we were on iTunes. Anyway, call them today at 847-637-2514 or visit their website at www.app2020.com. That is www.app.2020.com. So tonight we have a special show. We are going to be welcoming in just a few minutes James D. and Dave Mattia. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Dave, and you'll correct me when you come on. Um, as you guys may know, we are friends of web series that happen to cross our paths. Um, we are friends of the Husbands web series, which is Jane Espenson's great, wonderful, and highly successful Husbands um, web series. And Jane was on a couple weeks ago talked about that a little bit. But uh, James D. and Dave have a web series called Have You Heard Miss Jones? And um, it is a great, funny, delightful 10-episode um, web series. Um, and we'll, we're going to talk about that in a little while. Uh, and I'll bring them on. I'll let them tell you in their own words. But coming up on Let's Talk TV, tomorrow night, we have our usual house rewatch episode. So tune in for a chat about the great house episode, Maternity, if we're on the first season. And then later this month, on the last Tuesday night of the month, we're going to bring on Andrew Holtz, who wrote the book, The Medical Science of House, as well as another book on the show that looks at the medical side of it. Um, and we're going to talk about House. Um, he is, uh, he's been a CNN correspondent on medicine, and it should be great fun to talk to Andrew. We connected online. He follows me. I follow him. And and uh, it would be a lot of fun to have him. I thought it would be a lot of fun to have him on the House Rewatch. Uh, next Monday, we'll be talking mostly about Once Upon a Time and a little elementary. Um, we're going to talk somewhat about the pilot season tonight, um, but we'll talk more about it next week. And then the following week, we will focus on the much-anticipated Once Upon a Time episode, Manhattan, and the return of... We don't know. The return of Neil Cassidy, who is going to be uh, appearing in that episode, I know. Um, Speaking of Once Upon a Time, I did a print version of the interview that I did with Jane Espenson a couple weeks ago, where she talks about, in addition to talking about husbands, she also talks about Once Upon a Time and gives a few teases. So if you didn't catch it on the air, 
take a look at the highlights um, print version article that I did. It's up on Blog Critics, and it is also up on Let's Talk TV Live. And don't forget, if you like the website, Let's Talk TV, please subscribe. Please tell your friends. Please spread the word. It's growing, growing, growing every single day. Same thing with the show. Please make sure you follow us, subscribe uh, to our feed, uh, get the app so you don't miss another moment of this show. Later this month, I will be having on the Monday show Wally Padrezic from the Museum of Broadcast Communication here in lovely, snowy Chicago. Yay, we finally have snow here. First time this year. Um, and he's, we're going to talk about the great medical series, so that should be a lot of fun. So we're going to bring on James D. and Dave right now, the creators of this wild and slightly strange web series, Have You Met, Miss Jones? And hang on a second, and I, they are in the green room. James, are you with me? Yes, I am. Okay, hang on. <laughs> and Dave, are you with me? Good evening, Barbara. Good evening. I hope the green room was to your satisfaction, the champagne. Oh, it's lovely. It was fabulous. The white roses. I mean, you, you know, Beautiful. I try to set a very com- comforting vibe here. I um, love the, the blueberries and the champagne. It was, it was delightful. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I thought it was you in know, Monaco. Oh, yeah. You know, I have the piper in there and, you know, all, and, and the blueberries. Got to have blueberries. They're very good. Nothing this time but the best. Nothing, Nothing but, but antioxidants before you go on the air. You gotta have those antioxidants, yes. right, 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 right. Next time it'll be pomegranate arrows, which are great too. Anyway, so congratulations on your web series. It is great fun to watch, and if you haven't, Thank you. if you haven't seen it, where can they find it? Uh, they could go straight to Blip TV. They just go blip TV forward slash Miss Jones. Okay, great. Yep. So. Um, it's a lot of fun. So tell us about it. Tell tell your tell the audience about it. What the premise is and and what it's all about. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, oh well, okay. The basic premise of uh, Have You Met Miss Jones is that uh, James and I uh, were experimenting with characters because James likes to invent characters, and for the most part, they're pretty funny. But one day, I noticed that he. Um, he invented a character that instantly made me laugh without saying anything. And it was this, this female character, which was totally, you know, antithetical to anything I knew about James prior to that, because we'd been friends for a lot of years. And I thought it was hysterically funny. And I said, you know, maybe we stumbled upon something there. And the moment I saw him with a wig and makeup, I said, if somebody professional were to put this wig and this makeup on him, we might have something. And that's kind of where we started, and we kind of wove this idea together, put our heads together, and we came up with this kooky concept of what if, you know, I created a character and that he's essentially, that James Giacomo essentially created, and we weave a life story around her, and... Um, and that's how we did it. He he's thrown dozens of characters at me before, and none of them really got me. Uh, but this one did, and I said, let's see if we can make a story and a show. And and I don't I don't know how it happened, but it just did, and it just, everything turned out right. And it was an incredible. Uh, it was a it was a little adventure that was really interesting for both of us. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the idea of a female character played by a man, I mean, goes back to, I mean, the Pythons, of course, oh, yeah. are famous, yeah. right? Um, right? And British TV is filled with um, great comedic characters. Uh, Dame Edna, Australian. Uh-huh. Right, Dame Edna, and on a bit of Fry and Laurie, um, mm-hmm. Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry constantly playing female characters. Right, or even on Little Britain, which is something a little, little more Little Britain, mm-hmm. right, right, right. But not so much on American TV. Right, exactly. It, although Saturday Night Live, I mean, for yeah. sure on Saturday Night Live. Um, right. So, you know, that was kind of unusual. So why a web series? Well, uh, honestly, when we first shot it, we, we actually shot it as a pilot. And uh, we shot the whole 30-minute pilot with the cast and everything. And, you know, being two little guys that really don't have major connections, uh, I figured, you know, why don't we chop this up into ten little webisodes where, you know, people can watch in little increments on their phone or iPad, whatever, 
and uh, see if we can create any kind of a, a buzz or a following, and hopefully, you know, the gods in Hollywood maybe will take notice and, uh, you know, give us a shot at making a, a series go to, you know, a major cable network. Cool. So, so, yeah. so how is it? How, a couple of questions. One, how how do you finance something like this to create something like this? I mean, you have a pretty neat cast. Yeah, well, well I mean. Go ahead, go ahead James. <laughs> well, basically, uh, you know, we both uh, figured out, you know, let's let's see what we can do with the script. And we shopped it around. And, uh, you know, we got an amazing casting director on board, Ricky Masler, uh, was enthused. She loved the project. She's actually more known for being a major motion picture casting director. And uh, she said she's always wanted to, you know, kind of do more television. And she saw our script as maybe an opportunity to be able to branch out and uh, see this get go through and become a television series. So um, she basically kind of started telling me some of the contacts and uh, friends she had and uh, little by little, I started to get all these little names that were popping up. And I said, you know what? I, I mean, I initially kind of had an investor that was interested. And then I talked to Dave, and we both just decided to bite the bullet and say, you know what? We really believe in this project, and we're going to put our money where our mouth is and actually fund it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, and I'm, I've been a struggling actor for the last uh, 10 years. So, you know, I, I don't have money falling out of my pockets or anything, but uh, I, I really believed in this, and uh, I didn't really want to have to share it with somebody that I didn't know, you know? So uh, that's basically how it all happened, and then, you know, I mean, we've known Patty for many years, who plays my mother, Connie. Um, mm-hmm. Dave and I actually have known her for, I think, about 11 years now, and uh, we bumped into her basically in Hollywood, and one of the things that we said to her was, God, we'd love to work with you one day and, and write something that, you know, you could be in. And lo and behold, 11 years later, we made that happen. So, cool. I've been a huge Patty fan for years. And, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that she predates me substantially, I, I shouldn't know who she is. But when I ran into her with James, we were shopping and we ran into her and it was an instant connection we made, and we stayed friends with her for years and years. Yep. And when when the when the show became uh, uh, ready to be cast, it was an obvious choice. We had to ask Patty. We had to ask her. And of course, she didn't say yes instantly, but I got the sense of an instant yes. And she put it through her people, and they loved the whole concept. And you know that's how we got Patty McCormick. That's really cool. And then you yeah. also have uh, Dot from Glee. Yep, Doc yeah, that, was, that was James's amazing. job. That's yeah, cool. That, that was yeah, that was actually through our casting director, uh, Ricky Masler, was uh, gracious enough to send her the script, and she read it and loved it. And when she showed up on set, you know, she kind of we were talking her and I, and and she said she gets so many different scripts every day, and sure. it's pretty much kind of playing the same kind of character over and over. And what drew her to this was not just the great writing she said, but it was also the fact that she got to play a fun character. And, uh, you know, so I was kind of flattered by that. Um, and then Art LaFleur actually yeah. came in. He just had a little cameo. And, uh, you know, um, ironically enough, he actually came into audition for a different part and uh, actually came in for a double D, which, you know, wasn't really where we were looking to go as far as look-wise. But I, I just fell in love with him in the audition room, and I told the casting director, I said, I know Limo Lou only has like a couple of lines in this episode, but I promise you if Art LaFleur takes this role, we will develop his character and make him a series regular. And, you know, he's going to kind of be like Connie's bitch on the side. I don't know if I'll say that on the radio show here. I didn't know that you fell in love with Art LaFleur. Well, not like that. I didn't know that. about that. <laughs> well, he's, he's That's that. a whole, putting a whole new slant on it. Uh, <laughs> true, yeah. true. He's such a recognizable character. Oh, actor. God. He's, he's a great amazing. guy. Oh, such a great he guy. Was, he was really, he, he, I really enjoyed speaking. I arrived on the set about 20 minutes late the day that he was shooting. And he was so enthusiastic to meet me, and I couldn't understand why. And Patty said, come over. You have to meet Art. You have to meet Art. And he wanted to meet me. Because I referenced Troy Donahue in the script. Now, how does a guy my age know Troy Donahue? You know, I should know that. But I'm one of those people who kind of references things that are 
that predate me. And he, he said, oh, Troy was a great friend of mine, and I really okay. appreciate this. This is really fun. And it was really it was strange to watch these people. They couldn't understand how I would reference something from their era and their time. And mm-hmm. that was fun. Mm-hmm. So have you gotten any nibbles about, uh, you know, coming onto cable? Well, I mean, I don't want to leave out real quick. Uh, we have uh, James Kyson, who plays oh, yeah. Jacob. He actually uh, was on the show Heroes. He played Ando. Yeah. And uh, he was amazing, and I was grateful. I actually can kind of, you know, uh, pat myself on the back for, for getting him uh, through social media, you know. And you you got to be, especially if you're going to want to be in this business, you kind of have to be aggressive and you have to be a go-getter. And um, I actually, believe it or not, added him on LinkedIn, and he accepted me. Mm-hmm. And a few days later, I said, you know, I have this role that I, I think you'd be perfect for. Originally, we were just going to cast a, a white guy, and I like to, you know, kind of push against the envelope. And I'm like, well, why can't an Asian guy play the role? And so sure. I, I, you know, talked to Dave. Dave was all for it, said, you know, do what you want to do. And so I, I went after him, sent him the script, and he emailed me right back and said, oh, my God, this is hilarious. He's like, let's meet for dinner. And we talked, and then, you know, Bada bing, bada boom, Ricky Masler made the deal happen. So, wow, cool. Yeah. So, but um, as, back to your question as far as uh, any interest, um, we, we got like a couple tweets from Logo, and they asked us why our people haven't contacted, haven't contacted them yet in regards to uh, pitching the show. And, you know, unfortunately, we, uh, Dave and I, don't have – you know, literary representation right now. I mean, this is kind of all just happening, mm-hmm. and little by little, things are snowballing. I have a, a potential meeting coming up with uh, a manager who has a literary department uh, sometime in the late late this month or early next uh, next month in March. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. But you know, you got in this business if you're not represented, it's like they they, they don't even want to look at you. Right. Same so, thing in the publishing industry. Right. So, so that's what we're working on right now is trying to, trying to, you know, we're, we're just jumping up and down, waving our hands like, you know, two crazy people just trying to get noticed, and hopefully uh, someone will see us on this deserted <laughs> island that we're on of Have You Met Miss Jones, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll have representation some midway this year, I'm hoping by June, so, and then from that point on, hopefully uh, the show gets sold and picked up, and we get to make many, many more episodes. I mean, we, we've already written... You know, the next, uh, what are we on, episode four now? Six. Okay. Six. Six. Okay. Six. So you know, I do all the work, season, Barbara. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know what episode we're on, and we're on episode six, which proves that I do all the work around here. See, yeah. that's true. Well, he does all yeah. the acting, so. He does, yeah, yeah. Well, he does it so well. It's not yeah, easy yeah. looking this good, Dave. <laughs> huh. He's got almost a half a cable season uh, uh, written, so that's really great. That's yeah. Really great. But, yeah, and they're full. Well, actually, when I say uh, six episodes, they're full 30-minute 30, yeah. 30 length. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like so a half, it's... half a cable season, which is yeah. like 13 episodes. Uh, so, so I guess in the, in the web series world, we technically have another five seasons after this. You do. Yeah. You do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You know, they're like five minutes, ten minutes, right. minutes. So, Yeah. And Angelina that's... could have two marriages and be in and out of Betty Ford twice. I want an annulment. we got to put an annulment in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Um, so it's it's a great show, and, and I hope people find it. Uh, yeah, well, they can also other... follow us on Twitter, uh, at Miss Jones oh. Show, and they can get, you know, the latest on what's going on and all that. I, I update it every day. Can you so, repeat then, your Twitter handle? Repeat yeah, sure. It's at Miss Jones Show, M-I-S-S-J-O-N-E-S-S-H-O-W. A lot of S's in there. Wow. And then also on Facebook, you can like us on Facebook forward slash Miss Jones Show as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, good luck to you guys. See, we found Thank each other you. on Twitter. You know, you were yes. tweeting out to me, and yeah, my like, intern hey. I think actually tweeted uh, your 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 blog, and then someone yep. there I guess forwarded it to you, and then you know that's how the magic happened. That was me. I uh, I'm executive editor at Blog Critic, so oh, I cool. also have my own thing. So we can um, pretend you have an assistant. They don't need to know. <laughs> I, you know, I wish. Well, we actually do have an associate, sort of an associate editor now. Um, okay. Do any? We all do our we all we do our own social media. Um, right. So. It's like we're owned by Technorati, but we do our own social media. So, cool. Uh, 
It's cool. Well, good luck, guys. Um, Thank you. It's a great show. Everybody needs to check this yes. out. Flip.tv forward slash Miss Jones. Flip dot, say that, repeat that. Flip.tv forward slash Miss Jones. All right. Well, great. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Barbara. It. You're like butter. I've oh, always wanted to say that so to someone much. named Barbara, and now I could. See, you can call me Barbara. You know, uh, Barbara. Oh, Barbara. God, I'm getting yeah. verklempt. I'll give you a talk. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so verklempt. Yeah. Oh, God. That's, a, that's about as good as a New York accent as I can do. Yes. Where's Betsy? We have a we have a New Yorker who comes on the show all the time. Anyway, thanks guys and good luck and keep me posted. Will do for sure. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Okay, have a good bye-bye. one. Night. You bye. too. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, so that was James D and Dave from Have You Met Miss Jones. It is a great show. You should absolutely check it out. And we have a couple people on the line. I hope one of them is Jerome Wetzel. Hi. Hey, you're on Let's Talk TV Live. Who is this? Zombie Fly from the Sea. Hey, Zombie. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I meant to call in before, but I, and I've been depressed these past two weeks. Oh, no. Hang on one second. I'm going to bring uh, – I hope Jimmy – hold on a oh, second. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hey, Hello. Dave, is that you? Yes. Yes, it is. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. We have uh we have somebody else on the line with us. It's Zombies from the Sea from the Gate World, a uh, gateworld.net forum. Um and so hang on. How are you doing, uh James? I'm good. Good, good. And uh Zombies on and and so uh what's on your mind tonight? Zombies. Well, down there much on the mind of TV. Friends just ended its run about a few weeks ago, and I forgot to tune into the finale. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, of which show? Friends. Oh, fr- oh, okay. And I heard that's a pretty bit of Friends. You know, the they they I don't know they they revisited the alternate reality. Several people got closer, from what I read. And it's been on and off for Friends for me because they've been going into a direction of, you know. Don't to one place, try to get this item, then don't to another place, try to get this item. It wasn't really appealing to me. Uh, I don't know. The episode that was appealing to me in that season was when uh, Peter got that device in his head that enabled him to be t- uh, to have the powers of the Observer, and it was going to slowly take over him. I, I think that I think that episode was awesome. The rest of the mm-hmm. season, I don't think that much. No, I completely agree with you. This final season of Fringe was just. Not up to snuff. Uh, the finale was pretty good, but but up until then, yeah, the hunting for the items, it just, it used to be so good, and it was definitely a step backwards. And I, I know, I know. It's it, it, the thoughts in that they reduced it to 13 seasons, you know, because if they expanded it to 22 seasons, then I don't, I don't know if they, I don't know if Friends would have lasted, you know? Yeah. I don't know if people have stuck around for the finale. Well, mm-hmm. you know. Well, you know, Fringe has got practically a new life now on Discovery Science, not Discovery Science, the Science Network. I've heard um, about that. Because they've started, they started in November with Episode 1, Season 1, but what they're doing is they're doing them with um, kind of an add-on, like extra show, um, that uh, that really talks about some of the science of it and, and stuff like that. I mean, science is going to give it a whole new... Life, just like they did with Firefly. Um, so, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe there'll be more of Fringe and better, you know, than on Fox. Yeah. As we come I don't up. want to expect better. To, to me, better lies within the creators themselves. They have the ideas. They have the opportunity to exploit those ideas. Yeah. If they can't exploit those ideas on table or on broadcast TV, then they just shouldn't be able to exp- – then, then they shouldn't be on television at all, True. for lack of a better term. Well, you know me. I'm still, I'm still hoping for a season three of Stargate Universe someday, right? <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm gonna actually talk to James. You want to hang on, and I'm gonna put you back in the green room for now, okay, Zombie? I'm gonna hang on. Okay. So, James. So, did yes. you watch the Super Bowl last night? Um. Uh, well, I, I watched the recording I had of it. I fast-forwarded through all the parts where the guys were running around the field, and I find that pretty boring. <laughs> actually, you know, it's funny because we were watching the game, and I actually was writing. I had a bunch of stuff to do, a bunch of writing to do, and I did not um, 
I, I was kind of keeping one eye on the game and I wasn't really sure who I was going to be rooting for. And then I figured, well, Technorati is based in San Francisco and um, so they pay the bills, uh, not of the radio <laughs> show, but of my life. And um, so I figured I should root for the sort of home team, which is where my, you know, where our uh, company resides. So, um, but I, but the, and it was actually a pretty fair game considering it, you know, it was so lopsided. But the, but the commercials were it. So were you impressed by any of the commercials? Uh, I mean, I feel like the last four, five, six years, every yeah. year I'm like, there's a couple of good ones, but overall I'm like, yeah, it's not as good as it used to be. But then yeah. I start to wonder, now that it's been so many years, was it ever good or do we just kind of trick ourselves into believing that? You know, there are there are a couple of commercials that sort of wow us, like the first GoDaddy commercial years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. that was before, oh, yeah. Absolutely. you know, before we all knew GoDaddy was like, and now they're like, you know, a conglomerate dominating the internet. I mean, if you want a domain, you have to go to GoDaddy. Um, no, I went to Squarespace. <laughs> oh, well, okay, that's fine. Um, I have my domain. My domain is a GoDaddy. So um, this is not a commercial endorsement because there's plenty wrong with GoDaddy. Um, but unless GoDaddy wants to by airtime on the show, I'm more than happy to uh, accommodate them. Um, anyway, uh, so I don't, they don't, they're not sponsoring the show. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, the, the, that Apple commercial, you know, that infamous Apple commercial from the first Macintosh mm-hmm. way back in the day, um, you know, there are some that really stand out, and, and there are commercials that try to to get that. And I was watching the commercials last night and I was like, yeah, I wasn't that impressed with any of them. And I was thinking, you know, you know, you know me, you know me and I'm a big Robert Carlyle fan, right? Mm-hmm. So if you oh. want to see a really brilliant commercial, like and and I understand that it wasn't ever intended to be a commercial commercial, but one for like internal use at the company. He did a thing for Johnny Walker. That's like a four minute, I think it's either four or six minutes, something like that. And it is a single take. And it is, it's brilliant. I mean, the his timing and picking up props, he's walking through the Scottish Highlands and kind of giving the history of Johnny Walker. And it is absolutely brilliant. It, they did something like 49 takes before they Whoa. got one that they, yeah. And it's like, but it's a single take, so it's like the camera is just on, and there are no breaks, and there's no editing on it. It's like a one take, and um, it is it is brilliant. It's won all kinds of awards, and it is it is on the internet. And I think anyone who appreciates um, really fabulous long form type commercials should watch it. And it's mm-hmm. on YouTube. You can find it. All you have to do is uh, is is Google his name and Johnny Walker and YouTube, and you'll find it. Um, but it's you, you've got to see it, uh, James. It is it is quite quite brilliant. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't. You know, I always watch the Super Bowl for the commercials, and I was not impressed. I just didn't. My husband and I were sort of like, eh. you know, it's like, oh, here came one of the com- you know the really controversial ones, and it was like. So why was this controversial? <laughs> oh, exactly. Uh, they're just, uh, I mean, the only one I might remember next week is the Clydesdale one. And I know there's been a million Clydesdale ones, but that one got to me a little bit. Yeah, you know, I missed that one. <laughs> really? Oh, they actually had a one-week-old Clydesdale that they used for the film at the very beginning. And it was, you know, the guy raised the Clydesdale and yeah. then it went off to Budweiser and pulled the wagon and then, He's, years later, the Budweiser Clydesdales are coming to town, and he goes to watch him in the parade, and as he's turning to walk away, the horse chases him down. You know, it's one of those, like, purposely pulling on the heartstrings, sappy junk. Yeah. But it was touching. Well, of course, you know, one of the ones that stick in my mind, and it's probably from before you were born, you know, <laughs> I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. That one. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to buy the world a Coke. Yes. Um, you know, that was kind of a 70s, um, you know, and I remember that one. I mean, there's, you know, there are commercials that you remember, and last night did not have any. 
Um, and and you know what it does. Oh, and what about that power failure? <laughs> oh, so many jokes at the expense of that on the Twitter I TV line today, man. Like the top ten conspiracy theories on why the power went out. And I guess Revolution's Twitter feed jumped on it right away. Like, this is just a taste of what you're going to get in March. You so, know, so many clever people. It's funny because if I was thinking that if it was on N- if it was on NBC, mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh, it's a Revolution promo. <laughs> <laughs> but it was on oh, yeah, yes. Uh-oh. Hello? Yeah. Oh, are you here? Oh, you've dropped out there for a second. Oh, sorry. Weirdness. See, uh, oh, it happened. Oh, my gosh. That must be a conspiracy because you dropped out just as we were talking about the power. <laughs> they don't want me to reveal. I know who did it. And the answer you know, is. Who did it? Who did it? The answer is, oh, it's all gone black. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. That was probably the most exciting thing about the entire, yeah. the entire night. Well, you know, it's funny when it first happened and like things were kind of chaotic and I was like, wow, the picture is like really dark. Is our TV going? <laughs> so. Well, I, the, um, they were talking down the news today and you get the people who's like, I was just trying not to panic. And I'm like, the lights are out. Why would you panic? But then they brought up, you know, the people that were there during Katrina and watching the roof get ripped off. And I'm like, okay, in that one city, in this one particular time, I guess. Panicking yeah. is not completely out of the realm. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. Um, so that kind of leads me to where I wanted to go with this, which was, um, of course, elementary was on right mm-hmm. after the Super Bowl. And you had posted an article yesterday um, on Blog Critics that mm-hmm. kind of like, wow, James the Prophet not a pure coincidence. It's just, this is something I've ranted about many times over, and it just happened to be my column, and, and it could not have worked out more perfect, but it, I'm not at all. I'm terrible at predicting things. So. so what was your premise? What was your premise? Tell us. Well, I was just writing about that I am sick to death of sports overrunning. I mean, it used to happen with the Fox cartoons, which is you know, yep. not a, that big a deal, but now I love The Good Life at every week. You know, it, football pushes it a half hour late, and it drives me insane. And I knew it was going to push elementary late. Of course, they don't schedule enough time for the football game. Right. And I don't right. understand in 2013 how they haven't figured this out yet. Yeah, and of course, what then what happens is your TV, your, you know, like you, like you said in the article, mm-hmm. I have an expensive TiVo premiere. <laughs> yeah. Of course, four shows at once, it's $300 in HD. Yeah, right. One of those. And yep. you would think, so I, you know, I turned on, on elementary because, you know, I write a weekly column about elementary, which, by the way, guys, take a look at. It's on Blog Critics or on Let's Talk TV Um And so, so I always record it because I like to watch it twice in a row, once to watch it and wants to go back and say, okay, ha, huh, that's what they were doing or whatever, so I could write a decent commentary. Because as you know, um, those of you who read me, I generally don't recap anything because my mind doesn't work that way. I find the odd angles and things that resonate with me and, and go from there. So my recaps aren't really recaps. They're not really reviews. They're really commentaries. And I really have to watch an episode more than once to really kind of get it down. So here I am, I'm I'm watching it, and um, all of a sudden I saw the little red light go off, and I'm like, why did the, and then I realized, oh, it thinks that it's 10 o'clock, which it was, and it thinks the news is on and elementary is over. So I hit the record button, and now it's recording again, and Mm -hmm. it went off at 1030, why? Because the news was over. Because you did a manual recording of the news. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So it totally screwed up. So I have bits and pieces of elementary on three separate recordings. Um, so when I wrote my review late last night, um, I did not have the benefit of having watched it more than once, which kind of bummed me out. But 
CBS was great because they put the show up on their site like early this morning. So by nine o'clock this morning, it was up there um, on CBS's uh, website. So you can actually watch the entire uh, elementary from last night, uh, which was great. So you were you were kind of ranting about, you know, how it would bump into elementary. So what did you think about last night's elementary? I liked it a lot. Um, I heard complaints about this morning, and so I came home from work, and I'm like, oh, okay. They went with lowest common denominator. They appealed to the masses. They just gave us a case of the week. And then I turned it on, and I'm like, oh, wait, that's not what this is. This no. is pretty interesting. No, so no, no, no. I don't know why there were complaints. I, it kind of annoyed me. I guess it's people who don't watch the show or didn't understand the show or were expecting that case yeah. of the week and didn't get it very much. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because Thursday's episode I thought was kind of a case of the week. Oh, yeah, it was. It was, you know, very much a standalone, and I didn't actually write because I knew it was going to be on tonight. I didn't want to write three episode commentaries in one week. <laughs> So um, I'm lazy that way. I'm also I also started I also started writing a new novel. I'm taking a novel writing class that I won as a prize for Media Bistro, and I won it as a prize because I wrote um, a piece for um, for an ebook on uh, it's called Varney the Vampire. It's a it's a mashup of uh, of a gothic horror novel. And I wrote a page in it, and it won. Uh, it won. <laughs> it won. Um, and I won this this uh, any course I wanted to take from Media Bistro. So I decided to take the novel writing class because I'd been writing a novel. And then I go into the novel writing class, and the uh, teacher says, "I said, okay, I've got this novel. It's finished. I'm editing it. This is what I want to do." And she says, "Well, we really want you to start fresh." <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" Oh. oh no! So I am uh, I'm writing a new novel um, right now, and uh, so I didn't want to write you know, because I'm trying to figure this all out. Um, speaking of vampires, have you watched General Hospital? Caleb the Vampire is back in Port Charles. East Michael Easton, I've got to connect you with Michael Easton. Our heart, remind me, I can do this. Um, I can connect uh, Michael Easton. We have a common person um, that I can get michael easton is is on general hospital anyway um but so i i didn't want to write three in a row so i did not write it in a commentary but the thing is that um elementary last night to me and what i said in the very first paragraph of my commentary was i love it when the show explores sherlock's psychology and his emotional life because to me that's what makes the show mm-hmm it's what made house, you know, when, when I loved house, it wasn't because of the uh, great patient of the week episodes. Cause those don't stand out in my memory, particularly. Uh, of course, everything about house stands out in my memory. I wrote a book about it. <laughs> it's like, I've got the show committed to memory, at least through the first six seasons. But what, what resonated to, with me was not the patient of the week, but the really digging into the mind of, uh, of house. So mm-hmm. um so what I thought elementary did really well last night was to tap into Sherlock's biggest fear was that yeah, he got a big scare when he got addicted and got self-destructive, but is at the end of it. And mm-hmm. when it comes out that this uh profiler had really done a kind of a hatchet job on him um, in hatchet job on his psyche by, you know, suggesting that he was doomed to self-annihilation and she was right about that was therefore, you know, is she right about, is she right about this? And, and the way they explored his psyche was of course, through the serial killer who she also profiled and had done a hatchet job on that as well, because it led to, a suicide, one of his parents committing suicide uh, because she had claimed, um, theorized uh, sex abuse by one of the parents, and that really pushed the parents over the edge. And then it turns out, of course, that she um, had had uh, confabulated things and made it all up, and which was very unprofessional, unscrupulous, and unethical. Um, 
and um, when she got when she got stabbed by the sister, I was like, that shocked me. I did not see that coming at all. I did not see that coming, but I was almost like, yeah, wow. I kind of wish she died right there though, because that would have been really unexpected and interesting, and yeah, and I feel like. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of torn because I like Carrie Matchett, and I feel she'll probably return again, and that's a good thing for Sherlock, but at the same time, it would have been so, uh, just a great twist to kill her off. That's not what I would have seen coming on Sherlock. Yeah, well, you know, they do pull some, they, they, they do pull some surprising things, and the episode M that aired a few weeks ago, I great. thought <laughs> really... I mean, you and I have talked about this. That episode, mm-hmm. to me, went into Dexter territory. Uh-huh. And I thought it really turned uh, Sherlock into, you know, it's like we always think of, you know, James Bond superhero. But in fact, um, James Bond in Ian Fleming's novels was a paid assassin, essentially. You know, he mm-hmm. was no better morally than the people he assassinated. And, um, you know, we have here Sherlock Holmes um, really quite willing to torture his nemesis. Granted, who killed Irene Adler, he thinks. Um, Mm -hmm. But perfectly willing to see him be tortured and to die, no matter what it costs him personally. Yeah. And it's very unusual, I think, for a TV series to go there. With mm-hmm. their with their hero, especially a hero as iconic as Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, and that wasn't just an isolated incident either. I mean, like last night's episode when he confronted the killer one on one and didn't even tip off the police until yep. you know a while. I I know it's not the same motivation necessarily, and it's not the same extreme that the M episode was, but it still has that bit of riskiness where he's not even putting his own well-being ahead of right. his puzzle. And right. he's, he's a loose candidate. There's a reason that the police is are being a little uncomfortable working with him at this yeah. point. Yeah, he's a really damaged character. And also the reason why Watson is very – he really um, – he, he really – why she's really so very concerned for his well-being because what do you think of the theory that he's the one that hired her and not his father? Ooh. And that he knows. I've heard this swing around recently. And that he knows that she's lied about the extension because she's never actually been in contact with his father. It's always been him. You know, that's actually a really interesting theory. Um, because that could, it could explain how he set her up with the, the fake dinner thing. And mm-hmm. he could even be behind the porn movie at her place and he could be manipulating her this entire time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's something that House would do, have done. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And but I just, as soon as somebody said that, I'm like, if the writers don't pursue that, they're, they're stupid because that's perfect. Yeah, you know. Way, uh, get a betrayal in there and reset the characters for season two. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be a really interesting reveal at the end of the season, that, that he was the mm-hmm. one who hired her um, because he really felt he needed that, mm-hmm. you know, and he didn't want to admit it to anyone. I mean, this is what I love about this show. This which, this is what makes it so different than BBC's Sherlock or makes it so different than the movie series is it is really about, you know, what is elementary about? Elementary is about Sherlock Holmes. And mm-hmm. you can't really say that of the BBC. I mean, it's not about the character of Sherlock Holmes. Um, To me, as I said before, Sherlock Holmes is the biggest puzzle of all. And, um, you know, what I really, really enjoy about the show is that it really gets to that. And I thought that last night's episode did a really, and I was reading some of the reviews this morning saying, oh, that was so disappointing. And it was just kind of a conventional formulaic thing. And I'm like, really? Did we really watch the same episode? Because well, they, I, I think they've got that CBS procedural mindset that they weren't yeah. looking for anything else. Yeah. And I think that that's it. And, you know, I interviewed Rob Doherty um, a couple months ago and, you know, I, I had 
said to him, I said, you know, is this a really an intent, you know, this is this intentional on your part to really kind of go against that idea of the procedural and really make this a character study? And he said, yeah, definitely that's a part of it, you know, to make it as much a character study as it is a procedural. And it has to fit into that signature CBS police procedural thing. On the other hand, um, you know, and, and I think that's, and I keep comparing House with Elementary, and there are commonalities. I mean, a couple of the writers from House are now writers on Elementary as well. But there are similarities because like Elementary, House was about, House was a character study. It used this sort of formula, you know, medical procedural formula. Um, or police procedural formula because it was really a puzzle and getting to the you know with the with the with the disease as being sort of the the villain of the week, um, the killer of the week and um, and it, but it really that was the structure you know that the meat of it was really the character study and I thought that um, that elementary does that extremely well I think it's still finding its footing but I'm so thrilled that it's doing well and you know what I've been seeing is a lot of people who love the BBC Sherlock show that have um, kind of, they were kind of thumbing their noses at elementary <laughs> beginning of the season saying, Oh, I don't want to watch this because you know, it's, 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 it's derivative. It's this. And why should there be that? And, you know, we love Benedict Cumberbatch and, you know, and, and Martin Freeman and we don't really care. And there's a Watson who's a female and Johnny Lee Miller is a poseur, you know, and I'm I'm reading all this and I'm like, well, you know, I like the BBC Sherlock, but it is formulaic. It is classic Sherlock Holmes cases. Um, and I thought, you know, there's room for other stuff. And, and the show is really um it's really very um very different and katie says in the chat room i can see similarities between house and elementary given some of the writers on house um given some of the writers on house are writers on elementary so it's not surprising although uh, in talking to peter blake who's one of the writers on sherlock uh sorry on elementary i knew i was going to do that at some point on elementary and who is an executive producer on house and a writer said, really, Rob Doherty is the is the writer. He he like David Shore did um, sees everything, and Rob Doherty is really involved in the writing of every episode. Um, Our heart says, I'm going to need to watch the show. Yes, you must, Chrissy. You have to watch the show. Um, so it was really great. I want to talk a little bit about. Um, by the way, I apologize last week for the crazy, insane. Um, weird echoey thing that happened. It was a technical glitch on the Blog Talk radio site, and I apologize for that. Um, you and Jerry sort of got caught in that. Jerry Weaver got caught in that. Um, so hopefully it won't happen again because we're getting to that. It was at the two-minute mark, so hopefully we get through the two-minute mark and it'll be uh, two minutes to go, Mark, and we'll be good. Um, you wanted to talk about community last week. Oh, I do. I'm so glad well, it's almost October 19th. I mean, normally October 19th falls between October 18th and October 17th. But NBC mixed it up this year and scheduled October 19th to fall between February 6th and February 8th. Huh. So I've been waiting for Community's season premiere on October 19th for several months longer than I thought I would need to. Why do you think they delayed it? Um, I think because they're, they're Thursday night lineup wasn't doing what they wanted and a lot of people expected guys with kids to get canceled and it would get the Wednesday slot mm -hmm. and that didn't happen and then I don't know I felt like they just decided let's put it back on Thursdays and for that they had to wait till 30 Rock ended uh, so it was kind of a scheduling of jumbling all their shows around um I don't know it, there's a million reasons why it could have happened I just thinks that the, the October 19th video thing was one of the most brilliant things I've seen in forever. Cool. <laughs> Whether like October 19th is a state of mind. <laughs> yes, indeed it is. Now, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm going to have to watch that and, and check it out. You haven't seen the show at all? No, I haven't. You know what? Oh. I, 
I am I lead such an incredibly insane life. Yeah. Um, you know, between my responsibilities of blog critics and uh following the shows I do and writing books and all kinds of other weird stuff. It's like trying to find the time to watch TV, um, except for the shows that I specifically follow. I think that's kind of um, the advantage I have of not being a conventional TV critic is mm-hmm. that I don't have to watch everything. Everything. <laughs> I like watch, I do. <laughs> but I watch what I want. Um, so let me warn you about Community because the first season, if you turn it on, and I had the worst time getting into it, it just seems like the dumbest, sitcom about these kids of this community college that is not the least bit interesting. And if you just stick it out about halfway through the first season, it finds its groove. And now they do so many interesting and original and really neat and out there geeky conventions. I mean, they've done a claymation episode. They've done an alternate time stream episode where they get through seven time streams in the half an hour. Mm-hmm. Because of one event, um, they've done like these massive two-part paintball war epic things. They've done an eight-bit episode where they're all in a video game, like Atari style. Um, it's just a really, really cool thing. Once it gets going, it just takes time to get there. Huh. All right. So maybe I'll start watching it sort of like mid-season one. Yeah, I mean it's currently my favorite comedy on television. So it's it the, it earns the title eventually, but that first season starts a little rough. So have you caught any of continuums <laughs> talking about shows that start with a C? Um, I I watched the first episode. Yeah, and I've TV'd the rest since then, but the first episode made me so mad I haven't been enthusiastic to watch anymore. What made that, mad, what made you mad about it? Well, the opening in the future was so cool and so well done and really opened up this entire world that I wanted to explore about the fall of government and capitalism taking over. And then they fall back in time, and it looks like it's going to be a standard police procedural set in 2012. Yeah. And that's what really killed me. I know. That's really – yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm going to actually try to have William B. Davis on the show, mm-hmm. uh, who's in who's in Continuum. Who, of course, those of you who remember the X Files, he was the cigarette smoking man um, in the X Files, and I'm going to try to have him on. He's in Continuum, um, playing, actually playing. Um, you know the, the the kid who's in the 20, 2012 part. Mm-hmm. That's the older version. Yeah, I think that's yeah. who he is. So, um, so I'm going to try to have him on. We have in common the same publisher, so I'm going to try to get him on via um, our mutual publicist at ECW Press. So, um, so that cool. should be kind of fun. I, I wanted to touch a little bit. Oh, I want to talk a little bit, tiny little bit about Once Upon a Time. We'll talk about Once Upon a Time much more next week um, because the the new episode. Of Once Upon a Time airs Sunday night, the episode Tiny, which um, guest stars um, our famous giant, our favorite giant, uh, Jorge Garcia. Um, Mm -hmm. They they brought him back, Mm -hmm. uh, which is great. And um, so that should be great fun. And with Emma and uh, Gold uh, traveling. And Cassidy Freeman. Huh? Cassidy Freeman's playing Jack. Yes. If yes. you're a Smallville fan, you will know who she is. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so there, it's good, a great cast, mm-hmm. um, and um, it's going to be a great episode, I think. And then, so we'll talk about that. And then the week after that, of course, Manhattan uh, airs, which is the one that everyone's kind of anticipating. Um, it takes place in New York, and we have the return of Neil Cassidy and. Um, and Jane Espenson said on this very show two weeks ago that it is one of the finest uh, TV 45 minutes she has ever seen on paper. So, um, is every Neil Cassidy episode going to be named after a different city? I'm sorry? Is every Neil Cassidy episode, do you think, going to be named after a different city? Uh, that could be. That could very well be. 
<laughs> I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. Tallahassee and now Manhattan. That's nah, possible. She's a traveler, so you know. She is a traveler. She's a, a bit of a. She's been a bit of a nomad. So I was kind of looking. I don't want to be too random here, but I was kind of looking. So we'll talk more about Once Upon a Time next week. But um, and hope you'll be back on the show next week. Maybe you and Jerry and me can can talk uh, more next week. Okay. Um, and but. I wanted to talk also next week about uh, pilot season and mm-hmm. kind of go through some of the pilots and see what looks good and what looks really boring. Um, and, and I know you have different opinions about stuff than I do. Um, but I noticed that coming up on ABC, um, David Shore has a new series, a pilot that was greenlit uh, called Doubt. Mm-hmm. Um cast to be announced, a legal drama focused on a former cop who is now a cunning but charming low-rent lawyer who uses his street smarts to work the system for his clients while battling his own demons and wooing his ex-wife. Sounds good. (laughs) I got so into the pilot season these last couple of years, and then so many of the shows that you want to see never make it to air. I'm just like, eh, what's the point of even following it until you know what's actually going to be on TV? I know, but you know what? Um, David Shore has so much clout. Oh, yeah, he's probably one of the more likely ones. but. Um, so I think he definitely has a, a possibility here. Um, I see in the chat room, gosh, they're talking about Seattle. And San Diego, could they be talking about comic? Oh, they're talking about names of cities. Because I was thinking, oh, <laughs> Seattle, okay, that's where my daughter lives. I love Seattle. And San Diego, of course, is where uh, Comic-Con, the big Comic-Con. There's, of course, the, San Di- the, the Seattle Comic-Con, which is called um, Emerald City, Emerald City Comic-Con. And I think Chrissy's going to that because um, she lives in Seattle. And... Um, and I'm going to Comic-Con in San Diego. Yeah, she says, yes, I'll be there. And, of course, I'm going to San Diego Comic-Con this July. And, by the way, guys, tickets go on sale for San Diego Comic-Con. da 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 drum roll. February 16th, Saturday morning, bright and early. Make and a I great can... Valentine's present for your sweetie. Yeah, but you have to be really dedicated because... <laughs> Those tickets are going to go in about five minutes. There will be no tickets left. Mm. I'm really, really glad <laughs> <laughs> that I don't have to do that. I don't have to go through that. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm all excited. I can't wait till the hotels begin to be offered, and I want to get my hotel set up. And uh, I gar- I'm this year I am going to be staying in the Gaslight District. I know it now, so. I know that's where you're supposed to stay. <laughs> so I can't wait for Comic-Con. I, I, there are going to be a lot of really cool things. I would guess um, that if um, Crossbones is – by the way, you know, Crossbones, which, which according to rumor is going to be starring Hugh Laurie, um, is already on CBS's uh, press site as a guy. Really? Yeah. If you go on the CBS um, press site, not CBS. I'm sorry, NBC press site. Um, you will actually, you can click on uh, Crossbones, and there's actually a page for it. So cool. it is not a pilot. It is a done deal. Now, it's a short form, so I believe it is, I want to say 13 episodes or 11 episodes or 8 episodes. It's it's a short form. It's not a... Um, a long form, you know, 22 episode multi-season thing. And as you guys know, um, if you've been following the news on it, Crossbones tells the story of uh, Blackbeard the pirate in the um, in the Caribbean in the 1700s or 1600s or something like that. Uh, and theoretically stars you, Lori. So um, I'm looking forward to that. But they'll probably, if it's a go, they'll probably be at Comic-Con as well. So there'll be a lot of cool things. And I will keep everybody informed about what's going to be at Comic-Con as the weeks and months go on. Um, I want to wrap up by asking you all, please, if you like this show, please follow us. Please tell your friends. 
please um, like us. Follow me on Twitter at uh, B underscore Barnett. And where can they follow you, Jerome Wetzel TV? Uh, at Jerome Wetzel TV on Twitter or go to JeromeWetzel.com. And where can they find you on the web? JeromeWetzel.com. It's got okay. my everything. It, it has a link to your uh, podcast as well as every site I write for and everything I do. Aw, that's great. So, guys, check us out, and you can check me out at um, blogcritics.org. Just click on my name. I'm the executive editor along with John Sobel, um, and that will take you to my writer page there where I have published, oh, 600-plus articles um, since 2007. Or check me out at letstalktv.barbarabarnett.com. And if you think of it and you haven't gotten it yet, Please do try to pick up a copy of my book on the series House, Chasing Zebras, The Unofficial Guide to House MD, available at Amazon.com and everywhere books are sold. So that wraps up another Let's Talk TV Live. Thank you so much for coming on, Jimmy. Oh, always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Okay. Well, take care, and I will talk to you soon and see you on Twitter. Okay. (laughs) All right. See you all. Later, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Good night until tomorrow night. Come on back to talk about house. Take care. Good night. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.